After ACC kickoff and Bones was there, he can attest to it. The conference realignment stuff, maybe even more questions out of that. ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips speaking out on the issue. Plus, we're going to react to TBT's latest player rankings out of the Syracuse Regional. All that and more on Locked on Syracuse. Let's do it. Our Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome. It's Locked On Syracuse. I'm Brian Klein. He's Matt Bonaparte. We are your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online because Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Bones, I could see, still in the hotel room in Charlotte, nice and cushy, but you had a front row seat for what Jim Phillips said regarding conference realignment. And my immediate takeaway is bad thumbs down no good because right now Phillips goes out and says to start the ACC kickoff that college sports has never been elitist we're going to continue to compete and basically he's standing his ground while everyone else is playing that game of musical chairs yeah uh he didn't exactly take the action in his speech that I think a lot of people thought he was going to a lot of people thought he didn't really step up to the plate uh, with his address on the first day of the first Wednesday. Um, and I, I can't say I disagree, but at the same time, what do you want the guy to do, right? Like, you want him to come in there and start cowering down and be like, yes, you know, we acknowledge that we're worse than the SEC and the Big Ten. He was never going to do that. He was never going to do that. Um, he did say, he's lines of like, you know, we're better than them in a lot of ways, aside from revenue, <laughs> which was kind of funny. What other way is that? Um, exactly. Well, they have the most championships or of the year or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, who cares about it if it's not basketball or football? I do, but not everybody else does. So, you know, Phillips came, came in there, and uh, I don't think he gave ACC fans exactly the uh, the faith that they, they expected. But... Um, Again, like, what did you expect the man to do? Was he really going to walk in there and say something like, all right, we are ways to expand the conference. And he said there are thoughts about different things and what we could be doing. One, he talked about Notre Dame for a little while, uh, which I thought was interesting because I don't think anybody expects Notre Dame to come to the ACC, but he does. He said – Dame decides to move on from independence. He he has good confidence that it'll be the ACC, uh, which I don't. I think it'll be the Big Ten, but he thinks it's going to be the ACC. I just I just don't agree. Um, but okay, um, bunch of things. Uh, let me just go back in my tweets here from yesterday. Oh, so he also said um, he, he has a close. Uh, he maintains close with Notre Dame and he knows uh, that they'd love to have him, whatever. And he also said um, that with the conversations he's had with them are nobody's leaving. 
Um, I don't know how what the truth is to that, but you kind of have to take his word for it because you're in the room and you're and he's or he's in the room and you're not. Right. Um, so there's that. But uh, if that's true, true, I, I I believe the score than I believe the Notre Dame thing. I think. Because um, I could kind of buy that he was able to go to the schools and be like, hey, guys, like the only way we're going to stay as a conference is if we stick together. And maybe they're like, OK, Clemson's like, I don't care. I want to go to the SEC. Um, but who knows? I don't know. Um, Phillips, he, he came out and tried to reassure everybody. But I think that was met with uh, people calling him out and, and, and saying it wasn't sincere. I feel like, yes, there were times when he said things that should make you feel a little bit more comfortable as an ACC fan and specifically as a Syracuse fan because if the ACC crumbles, we've talked about it time and time again on the podcast, the ACC crumbles, I don't know where that leaves Syracuse. No one does, but it doesn't seem to be good. And to me, and again, there were times when he said, yeah, uh, the ACC teams, the 15 schools, they're going to stay. That's awesome. But he also talked about how he understands the gap between the Big Ten and the SEC, and he better, but he even acknowledged it. That's how bad it is. There's no other way to construe it, different angle you can present it. There is absolutely no debate. The Big Ten and the SEC are leaps and bounds ahead of you. And he just said, yeah, we're weighing options. We're looking into it. And I, I know he doesn't want to reveal his hand, but at the same time, Syracuse fans, ACC fans want answers, and I don't feel very comfortable. I certainly don't feel more comfortable now after the speech than I did before if I'm John Wildhack. Something else that uh, people were calling on was the fact that he, at one point, accidentally said that the ACC had 17 schools rather than 15, so maybe a Freudian slip there from him. Um, but uh, he talked about expansion a little bit. He said that they've been talking to some teams. He wasn't going to release it or anything. Right. Uh, but that's been something they've they've talked about. Um, I think he knows danger, but I think that he's going to go about it a way that we wouldn't if we were him. Uh, one of the quotes was, <clears throat> it's not good for college athletics. And he's talking about conference realignment. Right. We understand where those two leagues are, talking about the big and an SEC, and we're trying to that gap. Now, like that, a quote like that is what we're talking about in terms of just not being very reassuring. It sounds it's like, helpful. yeah, it sounds like you're floundering. Well, you should have an, I don't mean to be cliche, but you should have an ironclad, um, you should figure it out. You should have a plan here uh, rather than just being like, we're trying, we're figuring it out. But, uh, yeah, you should have some to go to. So we're here talking about Jim Phillips and what he said at ACC kickoff, the ACC commissioner. And the biggest problem I had with what he said, you know, reading the quotes, I wasn't there, you were. And maybe you can have a different perspective on it than me since you were there. But he says, this is bad for college sports, like you mentioned. It's not what college sports is. College sports are not elitist, which to me was wrong. I mean, that was incorrect, incorrect statement. You think about the lack of parity historically, especially in college football. Let's just talk about college football. Lack of parity. I mean, there are, what, 10 schools that have a chance to the national championship, and there are 130, I'm asking, 130 D1 programs. But we only talk about like 10 of them, and then we really only talk about like seven of them when it comes to college football playoff time 
and then it gets down to four and it's over, right? And, and typically it's Alabama or Georgia and, and the I other two that, are just there. I think that the ACC has a more traditional attitude when it comes to what they look at in terms of their athletic. A lot of people, and, and I think Jim Phillips um, values a field hockey championship near to what he values as a, as a, a football championship. Maybe the money talks otherwise, but at least that's how he presents it. Um, obviously, the Big Ten and the SEC don't feel the same way. A lot of revenue going towards them isn't going towards the ACC, uh, and why they're making the moves to get guys to get teams like programs, excuse me, like UCLA uh, and USC. Now, do I think it's a bad thing? Not necessarily, but I do think that if you don't do something, you might you might not have anything to be the commissioner of anymore. <laughs> so well, that, that's the thing I was thinking of when you said oh, he values field hockey championships as much as football championships. I, I'm a field hockey fan, but let's just use volleyball as an example. I'm the biggest volleyball fan you know, and I'm the biggest volleyball fan a lot of people know, right? A volleyball championship would be huge for the conference. But if you stop getting the football championships and the football money, then no matter how good your volleyball is, your volleyball will cease to exist. So it's all well and good to talk about, oh, we have all these championships and all these Olympic sports. But again, and he knows this, we're not pretending that Jim Phillips is oblivious to this. Football is king and basketball is queen, maybe. And everything else is our court jesters right now. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that Phil. I think Philip will do whatever he can uh, to conference the way it is and keep things the way they are within college athletics on the coast. But what's going to be dicey about it is if it lets if he if he lets it go too far, uh, and eventually the conference is is gone. By the way, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all of the all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online sport source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for, for all your sports wagering information from live betting, and scores and podcasts, they have you covered for everything. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online is where the game starts. So we're here. We're Back talking. Back on Go ahead. That's on you. That's, okay. that's you. Go ahead. It's on me. <laughs> it's your <fine>. turn. <laughs> <laughs> this guy Klein's all over the place today. Um, Matt Bonaparte. Brad Klein, we're with you. We're talking about Jim Phillips, what he said about conference realignment on this wonderful Friday. Um, yeah, you know, I just think that I, I agree with Jim that it would be nice to have. I like the way that, that the conference is now, and I like that the ACC is a conference that values non-revenue sports like women's ice hockey or field hockey or volleyball or, or rowing or fencing. Like, I, I like that about it. I think it's really nice that within the conference of just competitive atmosphere at every event. But <clears throat> like we've kind of harped on a little bit, you have to at some point shift your focus toward prioritizing what's going to keep you alive. Um, and if that means you have to sacrifice some of that tradition, so be it. I mean, 
do you want to go down? I guess the decision is, do you want to go down as that conference that that is traditional, or do you want to go out uh, and try and swing with the big boys? So uh, that's the kind of the decision he's faced with right now. What was the reaction from the media when Phillips was talking and making his speech? Do you think it was received well? Uh, I don't know. The media was very quiet during his speech. Yeah. Um, but I did see on Twitter afterwards some people saying, you know, he didn't really step up to the bat there. I think Brent Axe tweeted that. I don't want to misquote that. Um, but uh, somebody in Syracuse media was tweeting that he kind of missed. He missed. And I can't really um, – I can't really disagree just because he didn't come with a plan. Uh, And that's what we've been saying. You know what my biggest problem with it is, is that the most reassuring thing, we touched up on it, the most reassuring thing that he said was all 15 schools are confident in staying and, and they're confident in the future of the conference, right? And that's like, that's what you needed to hear. But that's really not good enough, especially now, because there's nothing keeping them there. Like right now, yeah. it's a 15-way pinky promise, and that can be broken at any point. <laughs> Just look at the Pac-12 and UCLA and USC. The Pac-12 was completely blindsided by it. So that's awesome that Clemson says, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll stay. No problem. Don't, don't worry about it. We promise. We pinky promise. Tomorrow it's it's over. It, it could I be, agree. right? So that's, that's my biggest problem is that he thought – that we were going to take that and run with it and say, ha ha, the ACC is good. Syracuse is safe. No, no big East thing. Football can stay, continue to build the program, whatever. John Wildhack doesn't go down as a complete failure in Syracuse history because he ruined Syracuse sports. None of that happens. Syracuse is fine, but we don't have that reaction. You know why? Because we're smarter than that. And we're smarter than that because we understand that the PAC 12 is no different three months ago. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, the evidence is right there. So you know, I think Syracuse and uh, the rest of the teams in the ACC have uh, the caliber of Clemson football or the, the recent history of even FSU um, should be a little bit worried about the future. All right. Well, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk some TBT because the first game – uh, that Bayheim's Army will play Friday morning um, against India Rising. Owen Valentine and I did a little preview of India Rising the other day. Uh, pretty interesting team. They've got over there some guys who have played some good basketball, some unknown schools, but uh, some pretty cool stuff. Um, the TBT itself recently list of the, what is it, the top it's the top um, 10, ten scores or ten players. It's the top 10 players, a player ranking from the Syracuse Regional. So I'm going to try to get um, it up, but uh, okay, I can tell I was, you right now. I'll ahead. try to get it up because they have a graphic on it on Twitter. But the, the Bayheim's Army slash Syracuse representation you have DJ Kennedy, number two, Scoop Jardine, number six. He's not playing for Bayheim's Army, but you know, Syracuse. DeAndre Kane, seven. And Tyler Ennis, eight. There it is. I got you up there. Oh, you got me. Oh, you, oh, you beat me. Um, um, All right. Yeah, so you've got a lot of Bayheim's army up there. Kennedy, of course. Uh, the TBT GOAT two-time MVP. He's a tournament winner multiple times, I believe. Uh, DeAndre Kane's up there, who played really well for Bayheim's army last year. Glad to see Tyler Ennis up there. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't know if Michi for Bayheim's army, but no, he, he has never that. he has never played for Bayheim's army. He was going to injuries plagued him, and I think that's honestly that's why he's so low because he's a bit of a question mark going into the basketball tournament. And that's not a slight on the other players ahead of him. There are some really good players. But when healthy, we know what Tyler Ennis is capable of. And all signs point to him being healthy and him being the ball-dominant player on this team. So I'm excited, and I think eight might be a little low. Yeah, I'm also kind of surprised not to see a guy like C.J. Massenberg on this list. Uh, even like a guy like Matt Morgan's really good for Bayheim's Army. Yep. Uh, but Nick Perkins at the top, I think he kind of deserves that. Uh, really good player for Buffalo. Syracuse saw him plenty uh, up in up in central New York. So uh, I think the, the region is pretty stacked. I don't know. If, I can't say for sure that it's the best one. I think Fredette might have that title. Um, but uh, they're definitely good. Uh, really, really good. Just gang of players and a lot of talent in Syracuse's region. Something they're going to have to uh, be weary of if they want to go deep here. And I think that a lot of people are expecting them to go deep because they won last season and I think they only got better but you never know in a tournament like this in a single elim tournament you never know how they're going to play do you think there's anyone from Bayheim's army that's not on the top 10 that really should have been so I thought about that um I don't know like probably not I, I mean Matt Morgan maybe maybe uh, yeah. I think like I those think guys are probably true. like top 15 um but uh, maybe not top 10 uh, I don't know how well Raheem Christmas has played overseas, but he's a guy that might want to make that list. I mean, he's a really, really fantastic player. Rack so, to me, uh, and this is a prediction and nothing else, Rack to me might be the type of player that goes in top 10 for importance but won't get the love for a top 10 player in the region. Yeah, maybe not. Um, he was He was great for Syracuse, especially in that senior season where he had 17 and a half points per game really just was entirely on the floor. Like we've talked about many times. Uh, and I think he's going to do a lot for TBT for Bayheim's army. But, um, you know, what's interesting about this list, obviously, is that the two guys or two of the three guys listed for Syracuse or excuse me, Bayheim's army <laughs> are, uh, are. So there's that to look at. Yep. And then of course you got an SU guy at six, like you said, he's playing for, the high school alumni team with Rick Jackson as well. So that's pretty cool. But uh, Scoop and Rick Jackson, maybe they'll be Bayheim's Army guys one day. I don't know, though. And I know that you're not surprised by that necessarily, that two of the top three guys, according to the league, according to TBT, on the team are not Syracuse guys. I know you're not surprised by that. I think you've been saying for a little while, pretty much since the preliminary roster came out, that this team is going to be uh, dominated especially in the stat sheet leadership by the non-Syracuse guys and the CJ Fairs and the Christmases and the Tyler Ennises of the world will help, but they're going to rely so heavily on Morgan and Kane and Kennedy and Wiltshire. So I know you're not surprised. I'm not necessarily surprised, but I think for a lot of the fans listening at home, this might be confirmation of what you were saying. Yeah, perhaps. Um, you also have two of the Buffalo guys in the top three. Yeah, Perkins and Clark. So, I mean, I think that Buffalo team is going to be really good. I mean, you have those two. You also have Massenburg, like I said. I think people are maybe sleeping on the blue-collar team. They could be really, really good. 
That's just um, so similar and, to what happens. Like, it's so similar to ha- what happens in the dome. Syracuse Buffalo, you just sleep on them because what? They're not power five, but that's a really good team that will beat you if you're not game. Totally. Um, and it's, it's also good to see some India rising players make the list as well. Nine interbeersing Gill. So, I mean, I mean, you get representation on the list from pretty much uh, every team in the, in the region. I think Syracuse's or Bayheim's Army's region is one of I could have said Syracuse's region actually it is the Syracuse region. Yeah. Um but I think it's it's probably one of the best out there. Uh and I'll be there tomorrow night or tonight. so uh I got that flight tomorrow morning. I'll be there Friday night at SRC Arena at Onondaga Community College. Watch some basketball. Hopefully Syracuse crushes. I'm actually really pumped. I've never been to a TBT. You game. should be. You should be pumped. It's really exciting. I've talked uh, a lot about how much fun I've had at, at those TBT games. I'll ask you this before we go, because we are up against it. What are you most looking forward to from your first in-person TBT experience? I'll ask you for just the experience and also for the team. Uh, probably for Devo to be screaming on the bench. I'm Facts. very excited for that. Also, I cannot wait to see Marek. I just want to give him a hug. Like, I cannot wait to see Marek Dolezal. That is going to be so good, dude. I love that guy. He's just the man. Um, for the game, probably to see a rec play. <laughs> yeah. um, I really want to see him play. Too. I mean, honestly, just all the Syracuse guys. Like, you know, CJ all time. So, seeing CJ play. Th- this is going to be the first time I get to see CJ play live because I never got to go as a kid. So. Oh, wow. This is going to be exciting for me. You missed out. Yeah. Okay. So I've never been to basketball games at SRC. Really cool venue. I think it's going to be really cool. When I was uh, at a TBT Bayheim's Army game in Brooklyn, the thing that struck me most was how well Bayheim's Army Syracuse fans represented themselves and the team. I'd imagine it's going to be a lot easier to do that in Syracuse. Not that it's difficult because mine was in Brooklyn and New York has such a huge orange footprint, but I'd imagine it's going to be packed and you're not going to see any representation for the other team. It's going to be a Bayheim's Army home game as it's supposed to be in the Syracuse Regional, and it's going to be loud. It's going to be loud. It's not a big venue, but it's going to be an intimate, loud crowd. I'm pumped about that. Yeah. Uh, nothing like a big... I mean, even in the dome when it gets loud, dude, and it's just bouncing off the top of the dome, that sound I haven't heard in so long, and I'm, I'm just so pumped for it. The fans are going to stand and clap until the first basket in each half. It's going to happen, and it's going to it's going to give you maybe a bit of a, a chill because it's going to remind you of Syracuse basketball, and you're going to look on the floor and be like, man, I remember these guys. They're the same guys, just a little bit older and same style, and Marek's still diving for loose balls, I hope. And it's just it's, <laughs> Jimmy, I saw him just a couple months ago at the ACC yeah, tournament. exactly. Oh, I remember <laughs> what it was like to see Jimmy Bay. I'm in a uniform. Yeah, I will say Eric Diebendorf being there, too, because I actually had the opportunity to watch a Syracuse game next to Devo courtside, which is was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Worked with him. Syracuse Colgate, which was not the best game. So he cares so much. Not, not that I have to tell you that, but he's extremely vocal, too. Very loud. And I feel like he's been coaching well before he started coaching. So now that he's actually a member of the staff and member of the team officially, he's going to be even louder and you're going to love it. I'm pumped. A lot of the uh, stuff he, he, when he was on the court as a player and an alumni player 
when he was on the court, he like bottled up and channeled into his play, but he can't do that anymore. So he's going to be very loud and proud and he should. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but that'll do it for us here on Locked on Syracuse. That does it for the week. You can just make sure to keep it locked to our Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Bones is going to be behind the phone there and giving you updates on what happens in Bayheim's Army's first bout of the 2022 TBT. We talked a little bit about Jim Phillips and the ACC. To get more on the ACC, go ahead and make Locked on ACC your second listen every day, host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Again, that's Locked On ACC. Bones and Brad back on Monday. Until then, enjoy the game, stay safe, and we'll catch you next time.